Greetings in the name of Jesus. I am glad that you're able to listen to us today as this is the fifth week that we are able to come out or because of my open heart surgery for the past four weeks, I've not been able to give any broadcast. And so today, I trust the Lord will bless you as we give you God's Word. And the title of our meditation today is, Who Am I? You may be a very popular person, and you'll think you're already on the stage of life, and uh, man is applauding you and looking up to you. Maybe you're like me, not known very much, but by God's grace, able to go on and do His work. Or maybe some who are in a worse condition, really calling to God for help. Whatever, I'd like to draw you to God's Word today. So to answer that question, who am I? Number one, from the book of Genesis, we'd like to bring out these few verses. In Genesis 1.26, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thick, creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. In Genesis 1.27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the first day. So from verse 27 and 31, we see that Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. The first five days were the world, the plants, the animals, even the planets. And then in verse 26 again, Adam and Eve were created by divine trinity. When he says here, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So actually, God wasn't addressing the angels in heaven, meaning us, but only the Trinity. And then in verse 26 and 27, Adam and Eve were created in the image and likeness of God. Of course, it is not physically, but as the Trinity, body, soul, and spirit. Body, pointing to the incarnation of Christ. Soul, the real person, our real person, and referring to God the Father. The real person in us is our soul. Our body will one day die, be going back to the dust. It is our soul that is really us. And lastly, the spirit. Initially, this is the, the life element. Now the spirit controls life of the believer. That's for the believer now. But in the creation, it's referring to the life element. Now, now Genesis 2.7. And God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So that soul 
came into being in us, when God breathed the Spirit, breathed into our bodies the breath of life. And in Genesis 2.8, And the Lord planted a garden eastward in the Eden, and there He put man whom He had formed. There's a key word in verse 12, God formed man of the dust of the ground. Unlike all of the created objects, they were dust spoken into existence. But in us, a very personalized work, and referring to us, our humanity. And still in Genesis 2-7, He breathed into the nostrils the breath of life. Now in Ecclesiastes 12-7, that says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. That is talking when a person dies. And the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. That's the breath of life. That when we breathe, when a person dies, he does not breathe anymore. And so that spirit of life returns unto God who gave it. And still in Genesis 2-7, And man became a living soul, different by the Spirit of God. This soul is us, the real person. And Genesis 2-8, And the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there He put the man whom He had formed with a perfect environment. So now in Genesis 2-16, And the Lord God commanded a man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So it is the provision here and instruction of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat. The garden of Eden was loaded with fruit-bearing trees with no weeds and that did not need watering. God watered the garden every night. God's provision is in abundance. As we read in John 10, then Jesus said, I am come that might have, thou might have life, and thou, thou might have it more abundantly. And Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all you need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And now Genesis 3.8, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. To me, this verse is talking about a regular visit of God in fellowship with His supreme creation. And in Genesis 2.17, The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. Again, for in that day that thou eatest thereof, thou shall surely die. Nothing wrong about the fruit, but it was forbidden, a test for obedience. This is the moral test of obedience or disobedience. Temptations, super abundant in our age today. Especially, Satan is now abundantly working us and we have our body of death. We have to make our choice. We either obey God or yield to temptation. But we have the promise in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, this talking about Christians, but such as is common to men. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, 
but with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And now going to Genesis 2.18, going back to chapter 2, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto man. In Genesis 2.23, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And verse 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. So going back to verse 18, the Lord said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Man needs a woman. God created that way, planned it from the beginning. And now in verse 21, still of Genesis 20, chapter 2, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took out of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And that rib which the Lord had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And now verse 23, Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. God's original plan is for man to have a wife as the divine help me. In my case, in a summer youth rally in 1962, I surrendered myself to God for the ministry. In less than an hour, God confirmed that Minda was to be my helpmate. We were total strangers. I did not know her just except her name, that her hometown friend, who happened to be my friend in college, introduced us. And we have served God together for 52 years. How did it happen? There was a prayer that was made by the pastor coordinating that early Monday morning prayer at 5 o'clock. And towards the close of that worship time and prayer, he said, I have an urgent prayer request for young people who used to be in the barrio and in their elementary grades their parents brought them to church every Sunday. But now going to high school, they had to go to the poblacion, where they could go to the school. And because they had to go to school, and they had to rent a room somewhere there in the poblacion, and every Sunday, Sunday they're preparing all the things that they're going to bring to where they were living and getting ready for the Monday classes. And Friday evening they come home. And so Saturday and Sunday morning, they're preparing what provisions to bring to the population. And so for four years, these young people became wild. They were not going to church. They were allowed because they had to get ready for school. And so the Lord laid upon my heart, you stand up and pray. The leader said, I need two volunteers. So I stood up. And pray, the Lord say, you will be in the youth ministry in the early part of your ministry. And as the 
pastor was giving it the request. I said, Lord, if Minda, who's close to me, seated here in this bench, will also pray, is she the one? And so I stood up and prayed and barely just said, Amen. I had not sat yet. She stood up and cried. Cried for young people with tears. And God says, she is your life partner. Six years after that, we got married. And how served God all together for 52 years. And until today, I cherish her prayer. She cries before God. For the work, for the people, and also for me. Now we talk about the fall of Adam and Eve. In Genesis 3.1, now the serpent was more subtle than the beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Remember, the tree is called the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and it tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them were both open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden, in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave to me to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord said to the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Unto the woman God said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow, and thy, con- and thy conception in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire will be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Not as a partner anymore, but he will rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, thou hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth the tree, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. 
for out of it goest thou taken, and dost thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. And unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of, sh- of skins and clothe them. And the Lord said unto them, Behold, the man is become one of us, to know good and evil. And now, rest, he put forth his hand, and also eat of the tree of life, and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord sent them forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden, cherubim, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of life. So what would we see here? The serpent was subtle, an any beast of the field. And he says, Yea, had God said, He shall not eat of the tree of the garden, putting down. Did, really, did God really say that? And then verse 4, And the serpent said to the woman, You will not really die, for God knoweth that the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall see me as gods, knowing good and evil. Yeah, you'll not really die. Was he telling the truth? When God said, the day you eat, you will surely die. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did it, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did it. Did they die? No, they were still alive. And so they were confirmed, ah, the serpent was right. But that day, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. Did God know where they were? When God said in verse chapter 3, verse 9, And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And his reply, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, Who told you you are naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee, that thou that shouldest not eat? And so again comes the blame game in chapter 3, verse 12. And the, woman, the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Again now, she blames the serpent. And unto Adam, also unto his wife, and the Lord made coats of skins and clothed them. Coat of skins, many scholars, Bible scholars believe, is the coat of skin came from lambs, from sheep. And getting of the skin was the shedding of blood. This pictures us that the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse us from all sin and be clothed with God's righteousness. 
and to cover our nakedness. And now we come to Genesis 3.22. And the Lord said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat forever. Therefore the Lord God sent them forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So that he drove them out, the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way to the tree of life. As we see here, well, what, a, what a strong with the tree. It was the knowledge of good and evil. Before eating of the tree, they only knew good. They walked with God and fellowship with God. But now, they have become wise. They also knew evil. And they are now clever. But they did not have the power over evil. And so, we see here, the birth of Cain and Abel, and uh, how in this motion, Cain killed a brother, Abel. It's really part of the result of sin. And Adam lived 130 years and begot son in his likeness, after his image, and called him Seth. So now that Abel is dead, and Cain is cursed, God gave them, after a leap 130 years, another son named Seth. And so from Adam to Noah's flood was 11 generations, covering 1,605 years. I computed this from their birth and had their children, and it turned out to be 1,605 years. And Seth, and and to Seth, to him also were born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began man to call upon the name of the Lord. And now in chapter 5, verse 23, And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and begot Methuselah. Now Enos is not Enoch. It's another person. And uh, he says, Enoch, now walk with God. After he begot Methuselah, 300 years, and begot sons and daughters. And then all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he were not, for God took him. He did not die after living 365 years. It's amazing that at the time of Enos, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. It is sad that uh, people just forgot about God. Cain was responsible for this. And so down the road, Seth, the brother, is now born. And through Enos, the son of Seth, man began to come call upon the name of the Lord. But now we have Enoch says here in Genesis 5.24, And Enoch walked with God, and he did not die, or he was not, for God took him. And Enoch became the father of Methuselah. And uh, verse 25, And Methuselah lived 187 years, 
and he had a son called Lamech. And Lamech lived a hundred eighty and two years, and then begot a son. And he called that name Noah, saying, This name shall be comfort on becoming our word. And then in verse 26, And Lamech lived after he begot Noah 395 years and begot sons and daughters. So when Lamech died, he died five years before the flood. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God just like Enoch who walked with God. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood was upon the earth. This is amazing. We look at the numbers. Methuselah lived for 969 years. And uh, with that age he had, then he had his son, and 167 years after. And so he lived with his son for 762 years. And now, then they had another son and lived with him for 162 years, a total of 600 years. Methuselah died on the year of the flood. Died, I believe, shortly before the flood. And about 100 years, assisting Noah, directing Noah in the building of the ark in obedience to God. So what do we see here? It's a family from Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah. They all walked with God. And Noah found grace before the eyes of the Lord. In Acts 16, 31, it says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, and your household. Imagine the joy of Enoch seeing his son Methuselah walking with God. And Methuselah, through the years, living up to the time of Noah, even up to the year of the flood. And Genesis 9, verse 28. And Noah lived after the flood 350 years. And all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Now a few questions arise. How were Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah able to live godly lives? Number one, they had no church. Number two, they didn't have any Bible. Number three, they had no pastor. And worse, they did not live in a godly community. Here's a picture of the life they were living in. In Genesis 6, 1 to 8. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters of men born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and they were fair, and they took themselves of which they choose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive in man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And here's the time of normal life span of hundred twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in, 
unto the daughters of men, and they were children to them. Then they became mighty men, which are of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of men were great in the earth, and that every imagination on the thoughts of the heart were only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man in the earth, and it grieved him at the heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy men whom I have created from the face of the earth, both men and the beasts and the creeping things, and the fowl of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. See what power the influence of Enoch, Methuselah, and Lamech had upon him. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Not like all the rest. And even that 100 years that uh, was used, and about 100 years, in the building of the big ark, there was no boat like that before. They had not seen it. They didn't know the purpose of it. And talking about the rain, they never had rain before because every night the Lord just provided the Jew that watered the plants. Everything was safe and beautiful. And so they laughed at him. What was he doing anyway? But Noah knew the voice of God, and he did what he was told. So we see here God's grace. In Psalm 91, up to 4, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language, where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. Although without a church, without the Bible, without a pastor, everybody has the knowledge of God from creation. This is confirmed in Romans chapter 1, verses 18. To 25. We'll, have to take time. we'll take time to read it. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who held the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest to them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead. Now they have no without excuse, because that when they knew God, they knew God. They glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. In verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, the temptation in the Garden of Eden. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God unto image made like unto corruptible men and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness, to the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God unto a lie, and worship and serve the creature more than the Creator, 
who is blessed forever. Amen. Even today, Hollywood makes men to worship. They're called the idols of Hollywood. They make men to worship the creation, the cre- creator, the creation, not the creator. But we see God's love in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. How did God do that? In John 1, 29 and 36, John the Baptist declared, the next day after John baptized Jesus, and he sees Jesus coming to him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And again in verse 36, And looking upon Jesus, as he walked again by them, Behold the Lamb of God, What a powerful message. Not imaginary, but now God in the flesh. In Jesus Christ, become the Lamb of God. And then God's offer for salvation in Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. 10. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. So it is not by works, but by faith alone, because of the grace of God, but created unto good works. In John 1, 12, But as many as received him, to them he gave the power or authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. And Romans 10, 8-11, But what said it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which is preached unto you. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, or confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead. Why raised? Because he died for us. But God raised him up on the third day. You will be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. So we come to the conclusion. With the question, the title of today's meditation, Who am I? Number one, I am created in the image of God for eternity. Whether heaven or the lake of fire. We are forever creatures. And then, I am a sinner without Christ. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There are also consequences in Romans 6.23, But as many as receive him to them gave you the right to become children of God, even to them that believe in his name. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, religion is not the answer. It's on relationship with Christ, our hope. When we confess Him as our Lord, our God, our King, and go with that relationship, He is in control of our lives. Now, we have the Bible and Holy Spirit today, for He gave us the light and the word of truth. We are not walking in the dark. We have the Bible, aside from creation, 
and the preachers and the churches. Now, Jesus is knocking at our heart's door for as long as we are alive. In Romans 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Who am I? If without Christ, you are lost. No matter how wise you are, no matter how popular you are, no matter how rich you are, you are lost. But Christ is in you. You're fully pardoned. You are now made a child of God. You have now eternal life in you. So when you die, you not have to worry. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Who am I? I am just a traveler. I am a transient here on earth. For the Holy Spirit to work in my lungs, to make me a light in the world, to others will find Jesus Christ too. But beyond this life is eternal life with God. Very much assured, as long as you have Christ in your heart, you belong to Him. God bless you.